Welcome. My name is Tom Wallace, and I'm the managing partner here at Florida Funders, and excited to have you for another one of our Florida Funders podcasts. Our podcasts are all about how to make us better angel investors and better entrepreneurs. One of the things I love about angel investing and being an entrepreneur is there's always something new to learn. There's always somebody new to learn things from, and whether it be other angel investors or whether it be other founders, entrepreneurs. That's the whole idea behind this podcast. Some of the past guests we've had on include Alex Ohanian, the founder of Reddit, Peter Maluth, the number one financial advisor, according to CNBC and Barron's, has been a guest of ours, as has Chris Sullivan, the founder of Outback Steakhouse. What a great entrepreneurial story he is. Ryan Neese, who played in the NFL, later become, became a venture capitalist. That was a great one. I loved interviewing Ryan. Jeff Vinnick, who is uh, the owner of the Tampa Bay Lightning and an ex-hedge fund guy and turned angel investor. So we had Jeff on a while back. And then Steve Raymond, a good friend of mine. Steve is one of the few entrepreneurs that is, was able to found the company and, and take it to multiple billions of dollars. And I think he took it from zero to like $20 billion and ran it the whole time. So what a great success story Steve is here. Today, we have the opportunity to meet and learn from the managing director of one of the top accelerators in the country, maybe the world, and that's Endeavor Miami. And uh, her name is Claudia Duran. Claudia, welcome. So excited to have you on the show. Thank you, Tom. Thank you for having me on the show. I'm super excited to be here with you today. As am I. Before we start digging in deeper with Claudia, uh, for those of you who are new to the podcast or not familiar with Florida Funders, we're a hybrid between a venture capital firm and a a crowd or a network of angel investors. We focus on finding, funding, and helping build the next generation of great technology companies. Business Insights named us the most active tech investor in Florida in 2019. PitchBook named us the most active tech investor in the Southeast in the first quarter of 2020. And so over the last four to five years, we've invested in over 50 early stage tech companies, primarily here in the state of Florida. We like to say we're on a mission in Florida funders to change Florida from sunshine state to startup state. We want Florida to become as known for technology and innovation as we are today for tourism and oranges or strawberries, pick your fruit. So welcome, Claudia. And uh, again, I'm really excited to have you on the podcast. I have a lot of questions and topics I want to cover with you, but I thought maybe we could start by just tell the audience a little bit about Endeavor Miami and what your mission is at Endeavor Miami. Yeah. So Endeavor is a global organization. We're in about 35 markets currently. And Endeavor Miami is one of the offices uh, representing the United States. We have now eight offices across the U.S., but Miami was the first office to be launched uh, with the support of Knight Foundation back in 2013. So our mission is to identify what we call high-impact entrepreneurs. So those entrepreneurs who have big ideas, who are really taking it the next step or in innovation and, and bringing incredible companies and ideas uh, to market. So we identify those fast growing companies and help the entrepreneurs really accelerate the growth um, in an organized way. So we get them connected with mentors and of course, investors. Claudia, I want to dig into more about Endeavor Miami and how you you, you help founders. Uh, before we do that, could you tell us a little bit about your personal background? Yeah, so I am finance major, so I really like numbers, and I went into that route and then started my career in uh, corporate finance for a couple of multinationals, um, Sapp Miller in El Salvador, and then I went to the airline industry with 
Taka, which now is uh, was acquired by uh, Bianca uh, several years ago, and um, then went into Deutsche Bank in New York doing uh, private wealth management for the Latin America region. Mm-hmm. And um, so I was doing my career in, in finance and, and strategy consulting for over eight years and moved into the nonprofit world after when I moved to Brazil. I, I have to ask you, I saw in your bio that you grew up in El Salvador. I'd, I'd like to hear a little bit more about that. I think our audience would be interested. And, and then how did you get from El Salvador to the United States? Yeah. So I was actually born in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. <laughs> and- <laughs> <laughs> but uh grew up in El Salvador. Uh, during the Civil War, my, my parents decided to move to, to Louisiana for, for a couple of years. And so I was there and then moved back uh, to El Salvador. And then I grew up and went to school there. But I would come to Miami very often, almost every summer when I was like eight years old and, and all the way through through high school because I had my, my uncles here. And so Miami was always you know, my summer vacation. <laughs> yeah, I loved Miami growing up and, and actually having that, you know, going to school in El Salvador and coming here for the summer really helped me because it was a 10 year civil war. And, and I was growing up through that was not easy. I, I can't imagine. Well, one of the things I love about Florida and, and, and especially about Miami is how we're such a melting pot. and no, Nobody's from here. And, you know, we both have such a diverse an inclusive tech ecosystem, and I'm going to get to that get to that later on. But uh, so, what did you? Uh, oh, oh, you have Penn State in your background too. I did see that. I had to ask you about I that. I did before. go to Penn State. I'm, I'm <laughs> Happy Valley. Person. Yeah, I've been to Happy Valley many times. You have? Oh, sure. I'm from Pittsburgh. Oh, you are amazing. Okay, yeah. I went to to see the Steelers a couple of times. Oh, see, you're a Steeler fan. I knew I. <laughs> I had a roommate from my roommate from college was a Steelers uh, fan and and she was from Pittsburgh. So I would go with with her. How did you end up at Penn State? You know, I had a couple of friends who were studying there and my dad at that time didn't want me to come to the U.S. because he knew I wouldn't go back. He thought I wouldn't go back. And so he 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 at the end, he he was convinced I convinced him that I wanted to come. And I had a couple of friends in Penn State and I'm like, hey, I'm going to apply to Penn State. I want to go be with you guys. And it was just like that. Really, like it wasn't a, a process that I thought through. It was just like, OK, let me just get out of El Salvador. Uh-huh. And I, I ended up enjoying the the, the experience. It was a, a big college town. It was a true college experience. Yeah. Well, our CFO, Kevin Adamak, who is uh, my business, one of my business partners here, and uh, we met when we were 15. He went to Penn State. And uh, I would go up and visit him all the time. So I spent quite a bit of time in Happy, Happy oh, Valley. I have very fond memories of it. Yeah, it's fun. So back to Endeavor Miami. You guys do these cohorts and you select companies to put through a process. Help our listeners understand, like, how do, what do you look for in these cohorts? How do companies apply? What's, what's that process look like? And what are you looking for in these companies you choose to take into a cohort? Yeah. So we have different programs for different stages of the companies. And, and that's something that can, can be a little confusing for people in the ecosystem because we, we actually look at companies in all throughout the whole journey in, in their growth process from early stage pre-revenue. We have a specific program. It's called Endeavor Lab. And anyone who's like a real startup that it needs support with mentorship and just getting their pitch books ready, if they want to prepare to raise capital, 
That's a two-month program. And we usually partner with organizations that want to sponsor the program and the participants get a scholarship so they don't have to pay to be part of that accelerator. So that's the Endeavor Lab. Because that's Endeavor Labs, that's called. Endeavor Lab. That's for Mm -hmm. pre-revenue. Okay. Yeah. It's a pre-revenue and and up to 100K in revenue, I would say it's a typical company that that we see applying. And then we have our scale-up program that we're actually launching our fourth uh, edition in a couple of weeks. And that's for companies that are around 1 million in revenue, I would say, and that are starting, you know, that's scaling their business. Most of them have raised seed money or pre-seed or angel, and and now they're getting ready maybe to start uh, raising another round. And so we, that's a four month program and it, it costs uh, 5,000 for the entrepreneurs to be a part and they go through a selection process. And so those two are for early stage companies. Mm-hmm. Now, if somebody's interested in applying for the, the scale up yeah. cohort, or you called it something else, what did you call it? A, a scale up program. Yeah. Right. And it, it's, it's uh, we have the fourth cohort coming up. Mm-hmm. Okay. So they just go on your website and they can apply. Yeah, they can go on our website. We have on LinkedIn and social media, usually our splash pay with the applications. We have two a year, the scale-up programs, because it's a fourth month. And then we have three Endeavor Labs typically per year. So we're accelerating about 50 companies per year. So each one of the two cohorts or programs for scale-up will have how many companies in it? Maximum 10. So usually nine or 10. Mm-hmm. Do those folks have to come to Miami? No, we have some companies from other parts of Florida. So we've had a couple from Tampa and from Orlando. Yeah, because it's a virtual program, they can apply from. Oh, it's all virtual, so they don't have to. For now, they've been all virtual. What we do is we've had happy hours for them to meet, and then we have our demo day, and then we have like a celebratory get together after the demo day. That's in person, but I've had participants that fly in from Orlando just for those meetings. Okay. Now, is it just virtual because of COVID and you'll go back so, to in person? Yeah, it was virtual because of COVID, but we're going to keep it a hybrid because I think for some of the sessions, it works to be uh, on a virtual setting, especially for mentorship sessions. So we might have some in-person meetings for the future and next year cohorts, but we're still uh, uh, trying to figure out that, uh, that part. I'm kind of curious and I should, I guess I should know this because I'm, I'm, I'm very familiar with um, accelerators and incubators and I work with a lot of them, but I've never really like how intense are these programs? Are these, are they, is this like a seven day a week, 10 hour a day? Is it more a 40 hour a week? How, how intense are these? So I guess every organization has their different structure for their programs. Our program, uh, it's, they meet for four hours a week, uh, one morning. And then they have one mentorship session they can schedule throughout the week. And then if they need extra um, mentorship, they would request, they would, you know, just let us know if they have maybe a storytelling, they need a preparation for storytelling for their demo day. So we, we help them in that journey. So it's about five hours a week. Okay. And, yeah. and so you're going to get how many? Yeah, th- this, is a tricky, this is a tricky part because most entrepreneurs don't have time. And so they, they look at the amount of hours they have to dedicate because they, especially at the early stage, they do a lot of the operation. I mean, sometimes it's two people team. And so they, they are really careful with how they allocate their time. That's why I think this is a, I think, a amount of hours that works for them. Okay. So you're going to choose 10 companies. How many companies will apply for you to get to your 10? And what are you looking for in those 10 companies that you end up choosing? How do you make that selection? 
Yeah, so it, it varies from cohort to cohort. I think in average, we are seeing about 40 applications for us to select about 10, I would say. And it doesn't have to be 10. If we end up selecting a couple of less, that's fine. They do their application, then we screen depending on, on the criteria, some of the revenues and et cetera, how, how many team members, what they're looking for. We do like a one-on-one -on -one, uh, meeting in which we get to know the founders. And then if they pass that first screening, they meet with a couple of our mentors that they're going to pitch to them. And they also pitch to me. And then we end up selecting the last, like the number 10 companies. So are you looking more at the founder and their background? Or are you looking more at the idea and the product or? It's a mix. Uh, I would say that I want to see if the founder is open for feedback, how eager they are to learn, to go through this, you know, how much they, they, it's going to be time consuming. So how much sure. they understand they're going to have to put into this. I don't want founders that, you know, want to be a part and then they don't show up for the meetings. We really ask them to make sure that they are on time and then they take as much value from the program. So, yes, we do evaluate the founder a little bit about how they came up to, with the idea, what was, you know, the process and building the company up to that stage and then seeing what the future, uh, what's their vision for the future and trying to see if we can help them really get there. And I, I got to ask you this. So how many times these companies coming through in this four month window they're with you, do they end up pivoting? That is a result of what they're learning from going through. <laughs> yeah, these that's a great products. question. We have several that pivot in the middle of the program. I bet. Yeah, actually, a couple of them changed completely their yeah their business model. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, some of them even find that they don't have product market fit and they have to really go back and. I hate when that happens. <laughs> but it's good to figure it out early, right? <laughs> it, is, it is, and and it's good for them to also be you know open to the feedback and be humble to go back and redo their you know their business model or the strategy. Yeah, it's tough, but yeah, that happens. Yeah, my partners and I go back and forth to Florida Funders on the whole coachability thing. You know, how coachable is this founder? And We've been very lucky, actually. Most of the founders that participated, they're very good at, at taking in the feedback. We have a very good um, communication with all of them. And we also strive by really making sure that they see that we add value. So for us, it's very important to receive their feedback so we can improve the program for future cohorts. Mm -hmm. You've, you mentioned the word me mentorship a couple of times. Yeah. Tell our listeners how that works and who does the mentoring. And because I, I think that's just such a vital part of. Oh, yeah. I, I, I think that no founder should try and do everything on their own. I think that we have so many resources at our disposal that we can tap into and mentors. I, I mean, the amount of people want to give back, so, you know, their expertise. So your mentors are volunteers? They're all volunteers. Okay. Every single one of them, are, they do it because they're passionate about mentoring. We have our Endeavor entrepreneurs that are mentors. We have board members from Endeavor are mentors. And, and then we have over 3,000 mentors around the world that we can tap into. We have, we use Salesforce so we can Find any type of mentor with all types of expertise, backgrounds, anything on and like really easily through through Salesforce. And then we make sure that we make that match. It's all about matchmaking, right? Yeah. Trying to understand what are the needs, what are the challenges, what are the opportunities from the entrepreneur side, and then trying to go look at all the resources that can help them 
And so we're in the middle making that match. So bringing the right mentors, bringing the right investors when they're raising capital, even resources like, oh, you need to outsource a financial or CFO. We, we try and find that part-time CFO. Mentors that offer services, also coaching um, or that can do consulting that can also you know benefit from that. So it's all, we're in the middle all the time trying to do those connections. Yeah. We have something called our operating partner here at Florida Funders, which is similar to a mentorship. And we do the same matching thing that you're doing. It's typically when we make an investment then we take a board seat and who's going to represent us on the board, but they're going to be the tip of the spear and they're going to be the person looking how we can add value to that, that portfolio company. One thing I'm kind of curious that after that four month period, the mentorship is over. How does that continue on often? Does that person end up sometimes becoming a board member, an investor? Or? So we continue the, the the programs that we offer. So once you go through eLab or scale-up program, we maintain contact with the founders and trying to do a, a catch-up and update to understand where they are and see how can we, we continue to support them. But once we see they're ready for a core program, which is becoming an endeavor entrepreneur, which is what we're known for globally, and this is why we bring these companies when they're ready into our core program. And what the criteria to apply to the to become an endeavor entrepreneur, you have to have a minimum of five million in ARR, and you have to have a pretty good growth KGAR year to year, at least the last two years. So it's a fast growing company. And they go through a very rigorous selection process in which our mentors help us uh, do the interviews. They do at least so they do about thir- three one-on-one interviews with mentors. But what we say is, is the whole process is uh, a service for them because all of the men- all of the interviews end up being a mentorship session uh, where they all add value to the entrepreneurs. And then we they go through a local selection panels with six or four mentors, depending on the amount of companies in the panel. And then they, the panelists unanimously have to select the, com- the entrepreneurs to pass to the last round, which is an international selection panel where mentors from all over the world will interview the entrepreneurs. They will receive a profile, the company where everything's in that profile, the strategy, everything, the sales strategy, their financial, the forecast the whole vision, the revenue, the KGAR, uh, any funding that they have, uh, capital they have raised, their cap their cap table, everything. And then they have three interviews. And again, the panel unanimously. And this uh, is to go into the? Endeavor main program. And how long does that last? Forever. So once you become Endeavor Entrepreneurs for life. Oh. And so you are an Endeavor Entrepreneur of a, a global network of Endeavor Entrepreneurs. And usually companies were seeing that receive the again the mentorship that's on demand they get a a manager account manager that will help them you know just get all these type of mentorships or prepare their pitch decks or help them with whatever they need to get and raise capital they also love to give back to the community so they also become mentors for the scale-up program participants or the endeavor lab participants so it's kind of like a y combinator network at that point would you yeah, I, 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 although why Combinator, if I'm not mistaken, well, they get we don't take equity because we're a nonprofit. Okay. So that's the difference. And, and then how many companies have you done in Miami since you started there? How many companies have gone through your program, the four-month program? So through all of the programs? Yeah, well, the four-month program. I mean, you know. The four-month program, we have 40. 40. And how many have mm-hmm. gone on to become Endeavor 
None yet. There's two in the pipeline that are getting ready for the international. It takes a, about a year to get ready to go to the international panel. Yeah, these companies have to be further along. You said they have to have 5 million in ARR. That makes sense. Yeah, but since most are in 1 million in the scale-up program, then it takes about a couple of years to get there. Some of them are growing fast, so we'll bring them in uh, earlier. So okay. we're preparing. We have about five companies going, sorry, this year still three companies going to the international panel and they're doing pretty good. They're growing really fast. Good. Any one or two portfolio companies you want to highlight, uh, maybe tell our listeners about that you're very excited about? Yeah, we have a, one of our latest companies that, that the entrepreneur was selected was uh, Martin Claure from Aprende Institute. He became in the entrepreneurs back in April, if I'm not mistaken. What's the business the company is it? Aprende. So it's an online platform where with different uh, courses to teach mostly Latin Americans different skill sets like beauty, makeup, entrepreneurship for those who want to go into entrepreneurship. So those type of skill sets. And then he's actually growing very fast because it's online learning. So it's an ed tech company. I ran an ed tech company for 13 years. So oh, I, I have a great love of ed tech. Okay, so you're familiar with Nearpod. They were also yeah. in our portfolio, and yeah. they they so Nearpod exited. Oh, was that it? Was that an Endeavor company? Yes, an Endeavor company. Well, congratulations! What a success story that was. Very successful. We had three ed techs actually. You visit. They exited last year. They did on a virtual touring of universities with their technology, and they got acquired. Yeah, they were more on under the radar. And, but very successful exit too. Then we had WinCode that exited this year, the coding school. How'd that do? Yeah, that went well. They got acquired by BrainStation. Okay. So yeah, they're they're and actually Joanna, who was the founder of Winco, co-founder, um, she's now uh, managing the Miami operation for BrainStation. So oh, that was nice. Okay. And and another one that was recently added was Cameo. Do you, are you familiar with Cameo? No, I don't know Cameo. What do they do? So you can uh, buy short videos with celebrities or any, you know, celebrities, or you can do like one minute video, happy birthday to your wife or your- I've oh, heard of that company. They're yeah. doing well, I, I hear. Yeah, they're doing very well. The founders moved uh, last year to Miami. Mm -hmm. Well, that's a great segue. I want to maybe wrap up with that. And, you know, obviously Miami is just on fire. If anybody hasn't been there, you know, in the last 24 months, it's just crazy what's happened there. And it, and all Florida, I would argue, and certainly Miami has benefited in, in, in a lot of ways from COVID. Yeah. People were locked down in other states, came here from New York and California and many of them found out what we already knew, us Floridians, is it's, this is a great place to live. It's a great place to be an entrepreneur or founder. It's a great place to be an investor. It's a great place to do business. And uh, many of them have decided to stay, and uh, which is obviously wonderful for our tech ecosystem here in Florida. Uh, what are your thoughts? What are you seeing? And then how has that impacted all this influx of capital and influx of entrepreneurs? How has it uh, impacted Endeavor? Yeah, so we're seeing um, many founders, actually, for us, a lot from Latin America, more than before. There, there was always a, a big migration from Latin America to Miami. I mean, it's the perfect place to enter the U.S. market. Yes. 
And right now from the Endeavor Network in Latin America, so I'm getting entrepreneurs from Mexico, from Chile, from Colombia, from Peru, and the Endeavor Miami office is, is supporting them in that access to markets, we call access to market program, and helping them do a soft landing here uh, through Miami. So that has been increasing. And then from California, we've seen a huge migration of founders. I think a lot of them, well, this is the type of data that we still need, right? How many founders have moved from where? What are the stages of the companies? Yeah. Uh, are they very early stage? My, my gut feeling is that most of them are very early stage still. And then there's some local people who are coming back to Miami, which is nice. And now they're yeah. like really excited to come back home and, and making, you know, building their companies here. So we see a couple of those. And then capital, obviously, in the past here, and I mean, has changed dramatically the landscape. I remember going to the Synapse uh, Summit in Tampa, where I was, I met you there because you had a, there was a panel of Florida funders. When was this? It was February of 2020, sorry. Maybe 19. You you might be right. I'm I'm terrible. Well, I remember it was one of the last events I went to. We were talking about, you know, just the funding to companies and early stage and the angel investors, uh, how important they were for for startups. And then suddenly now you have, you know, these bigger funds writing bigger checks and there's, you know, a lot of capital and (laughs) just out there and, and yeah, it's very exciting. I mean, we've been at this for a long time. Now we've got, you know, it used to be, <laughs> there was just a few of us. Now yeah. we've got SoftBank, we've got Peter Deal, we've got Orlando Bravo. I mean, that helps founders before. I mean, Florida Funders has been here and it's been super important for the ecosystem to have you here supporting com- local companies. Thank you. Right. I think it's the work that you guys have done. is It's um, incredible. And, and I think it's still very needed for local companies to be able to tap into the funding from Florida Funders and other angel networks. And now you have uh, bigger funds that are coming for Series B, C. But I still think the majority of companies in Florida are still early stage startups that need the support of angels and yeah it's very exciting and we when we're early stage as you know and you know i'll pick a company lula uh, we did that deal i think maybe 12 10 months ago and uh you know we 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 kind of invest early and then we're looking to get these folks to series a and and peter teal and softbank just put 18 million dollars into that company that was very exciting and that, that's what we want to see more of. So. Exactly. And it's great because now you have access to just connecting all these amazing companies to the funds who are now on the ground here. So it makes it easier for the Series A. Yeah. And we always say, you know, if you want to know why an area becomes known for technology and why a tech ecosystem gets built out, whether it be Silicon Valley or Boston or wherever, it always comes down to two things, and that's talent and capital. And we've always believed in Florida that we've got a lot of talent. And, and now, and the, the big missing piece was the, the capital. And that's what we've been focusing yeah. here in Florida funders on. And, um, and, and we're, we're a network of angels, but we're also a fund. We're on our third fund and we're raising a fund right now that'll be between 50 and 75 million. And, uh, but now having these other investors come in uh, beside us, behind us where, you know, it's, it's all, all boats rising the incoming tide and it's, it's all good for Florida. It's good for Miami. And yeah. we're excited to be a part of it. We're excited about what you guys are doing yeah. at, at uh, Endeavor Miami and working together more in the future. To- oh, sure. Well, we are partners with Florida funders. We have an investor network 
uh, about 100 funds now that are in our network. And we, we want to you know, create the pipeline and introduce the founders to the investors. And so we already have all the mapped all the investment criteria, ticket size and in industry that all the funds are investing in. And we are doing those introductions as we see them uh, coming in uh, when the founders are raising the capital. So we have introduced Florida funders to some uh, of the companies. Well, thank you and great. And we'll look forward to hopefully funding more of your companies. Yes, I hope so too. So you also have participated I'm not mistaken, in one of our demo days in the past, also as judges. So, yeah, we had a good relationship with Florida Funders, and uh, we keep, you know, wanting to work with you guys. Great. Well, we want to keep working with you. Uh, Claudia, this has been great. You've been so generous with your time. Thank you so much. Wrapping up, I just want to, you know, reach out to our listeners. If you want to learn more about Endeavor Miami and touch base with Claudia, how did they get a hold of you, Claudia? Well, they can get a hold of me through Twitter or LinkedIn. My email is claudia.duran at endeavor.org. We have an amazing team. We are very active in the community. We strive in being, you know, a diverse and inclusive. We're, we're doing programs specifically for minorities. We're doing happy hours for female founders and funders. I mean, I think any time that you see an endeavor in the community, just reach out to any of the team members, myself, if you want to know more about the programs, really contact us and see if it's a fit for you guys. We're here to really help entrepreneurs thrive in any way that we can and add value to their businesses because we believe that you don't have to do it yourselves. It's a very hard and sometimes lonely journey and you don't have to be alone. So we're here to support you. Great. Thank you so much again, Claudia. And and I'll just wrap up by saying, if you want to learn more about Florida Funders, you can go out to floridafunders.com or also on all, all the social media sites. If you want to reach me, I'm Tom at floridafunders.com. Thanks for joining us today. Claudia, thanks again. You've been great. And uh, to all our listeners, happy investing and keep up the good work. Thank you. Thank you for having me.